made for Okay, gather around, gather around the radio. Fat Packs, and this is Beckett Radio. What's up, Paul? Saw, dude. Saw, man. How are you doing today? I'm pumped. You pumped up? You doing pumped good? Pumped up, man. Doing good, man. Uh, I want to let you guys know. First, good morning, all you Fat Packers and Fat Packerettes, or good day to you, whatever whatever time of day that you were listening to this. Correct. Uh, yeah. Hope you hope this finds you blessed and well. Um, I'm pumped too, man. We just we just sat down. Uh, we have we have one interview guest this week. And my God, if I knew that it was gonna be the way that it was that it just happened, um, I would have scheduled this months ago. Absolutely, <laughs> months man. ago. Like, can we schedule him every week? You know, just to kidding. tell stories. He was so great. It was Jeff Rosenberg, uh, the president and CEO of TriStar Productions. Uh, absolutely amazing. I'm gonna tell you right now, his interview segment alone is 45 minutes. It's fantastic. But it is hands down. Top five interviews we've ever done. And, and what a great guy. I mean, yeah. he, obviously, the Nationals, right around the corner. He's the in charge. Oh, he is the National. And he took out time to, to hang out with us, and that was just cool. He so. is definitely the autograph uh, side of the National, uh, where, where things are concerned there. And he took time out. He took 45 minutes t- this morning to sit down and talk to him. He was actually ready to go early. He was like, hey, you want to do this early? We can just <laughs> knock down now. And, uh, man, that's that's really cool. He got, he's, he's, it's filled with a lot of great stories. Um, if names like uh, Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and Muhammad Ali mean anything to you, you, you this is a great interview. Absolutely, and I think you're absolutely going to love it. Um, before we get to that, though, uh, we do have to take care of some uh, some uh, business here, as we have to get into some new products and pricing. Uh, again, I, on my on the pricing side, on my side, it, it's it's slow, but I'll let you go first. All right, so. We got a couple of things coming out this week. We've got um, it's a football kind of week, uh, honestly. We've okay. got uh, Gold Standard Football, which uh, drops today. Oh, uh, actually, what's today? Today's Wednesday. So yes, it drops today. The show will be aired on Thursday. So oh no, it's it's coming out today. Oh, it's coming out today. Yeah, You're airing it today. Yeah. Okay, well there we go. It's airing it today. Uh, anyway, so Gold Standard drops today. About 150 a box uh, from Panini. One pack, seven cards, five autos or mem per pack. Two base cards or parallels, and the other two. Um, Typical gold standard. I saw some of the the, uh, the previews of the cards. I mean, they look great. I mean, gold standard always looks good. Sure. So, oh, of course, um, yeah. I'm pretty excited about that product. Uh, Panini also released their Panini football. Uh, it's kind of like their base uh, football set. Uh, it looks like it's right now it's just in retail uh, only. I see blasters out there right now. Uh, they released today. They're 20 bucks a pop. Uh, one auto or mem per. Tons of inserts, man. You're getting like... A, 10 11 rookies and 10 11 inserts per that $20. So, um, good breakdown, good value, I think, for, for what's in there on those. Um, tomorrow uh, drops Leaf Trinity Football. Uh, Leaf doing it right, man. 110 a box, 
You get one pack, five cards, but the kicker with the cards are all five are on-card autographs. So that's pretty sweet, man. You definitely some value there. Uh, so check out that Leaf product. And then uh, Magic. I didn't realize to listen to the show because they're coming out with uh, a product this week called Hour of Devastation. Ah. <laughs> that's the name of their show. That's me. That's the name of their product that's coming out. Um, kudos to them. It looks like a great product. Uh, the next in line, uh, and they're great, you know, just franchise of putting out stuff, man, uh, and gameplay. Those are 95 a box like they normally are, and that drops on Friday. Awesome. So a whole lot of new stuff for you guys, to go, you guys and girls to go check out. Yep. Um, Get your uh, get your your fun on. I've I've in the past I've been a fan of Leaf Trinity football. I've I liked it. It looks good on card. Yeah, uh, another product that they do right. Uh, it's what did I pull from? They had that those pure the pure glass autos in yeah, those. Yeah, those are cool. I, and I pulled uh, not last year the season before I pulled a, a Melvin Gordon perfect auto out of five. Nice. So that was that. Um, there's there's that, and then new pricing. Oh man, I got ultimate hockey done. I, he says in quotation marks. I mean, it's <laughs> air, air quotes. <laughs> it's it's for the most part it is done. Yes, um, I am missing a lot of information on the parallels. Um, it's a tough, it's a tough product because it's you know it's it's a high end product and you get four cards per pack, and you get one pack. So I need some information on the parallels. I got the base set done. I have your. Uh, you know your inserts, your, your jerseys, and your autos. I have all that, but it's the parallels that I'm missing. So uh, I don't. I, I know it's going to happen, but uh, I don't really, really want to see it happen. But I know it will. Uh, the 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 question, you know, when when is it going to be priced? Well, when you buy it, that and you, when you buy it, buy it and sell it on the secondary market, then I'll get it priced for you. Um, I promise. I promise. I will. Um, other than that, I have no notifications of any new pricing. Other than that, I did miss one last week, which was Donra Studio basketball. Basketball got done. Yes. So there was that. Um, man, and now, now, what do we segue to? Uh, <laughs> because there's a couple things that I want to talk about, and but the show already, the interview portion of the show is long. So um, I guess we can talk about. Let's let's do this. Let's talk about Aaron Judge here. Because all right, <laughs> exactly. Aaron Judge put it on. I no, I didn't watch it. I'm not the guy to watch the All Star game or the uh, or the home run derby. But he put on an amazing show in the home run derby. I think he hit 48 or 49 home runs. I mean, it might have been 47. Uh, total distance 3.9 miles. Ridiculous. That dude is awesome. It's nice being 6'7", 260, yeah. 270. He's 282, 6'7", 282. 282. Okay. I thought he was like 6'11", 400. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> no, 400 is his minimal home run. Like, <laughs> that that's, was, yeah, it's his distance out of travel. He, hit, he crushed a ball 519 feet. Something like that. Yeah. Man. Just just killing it. Yeah, just absolutely. I mean, and he put on a complete show. I I, I saw the highlights uh, on SportsCenter. Sanu, 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 he was just he was gassed by the the final inning. He was uh, by the final at bat, right? Just completely gassed. And he hit that that final home run. He hit it went over the 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 four fifty mark or four forty mark. So he got a bonus thirty seconds. He's like, "Are you serious? I don't. I don't. <laughs> He's like, I don't want, want that. I don't, I don't want, want that, that at all. Take it away. Take it away." So, um, you know, he's gassed. He hit, but he hit like ten or eleven home runs. Yeah. And then Judge got up there and like it was just taking Sunday swings in a park. Yeah, it's it's his year, man. It is everything he's doing, everything he's touching, everything he's swinging. This is yeah. this is going yard. Yeah, and he, uh, I can't wait to see what September October holds. 
yeah. uh, where his stats are going to be and where he's going to be amongst the leaderboard. It's going to be pretty cool. And he, I mean, he's the face of baseball. He's 24? Yeah. He's the face of baseball. Yeah. Trout better get back start playing again. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to lose that quickly. Quickly. Quickly lose that. Uh, but, you know, he, but he, he does have that added bonus that he's a Yankee. It does know? help. So, it does help. I mean, let's be honest. Outside of Angels fans, who how many people are actually watching California Angels or Los Angeles or Anaheim or wherever they're at baseball? I think they're in the outfield. <laughs> they're in the outfield. <laughs> Very nice. Angels in the outfield. I like that. Very nice. Yeah, so, no, not too many, honestly, no, not too many people are watching the Angels, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everybody's a, a Yankee fan or a Yankee hater, one or the other. Yeah, yeah fan or a hater. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on the haters list, but I mean, you can't be mad at somebody like that. And how he ties into the hobby, what his cards are doing on the secondary market right now is just insane ridiculous. What was that lot? I'm not going to get the number right, but it was over $14,000 that that, that chrome Purple Chrome, was that what it was? Something like that, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there's just so many different ones that have gone for so much money. Yeah. It's just unreal. You know, when his base rookie cards are selling for $20, $25. Sure. That, that's, that hasn't happened in a while. It hasn't happened in a long it's time. Ha- it has not happened in a while. So. And I'm, I'm kicking myself. I pulled I pulled the, the Diamond Kings rookie auto oh, yeah, earlier this year. Or yeah, and, or and I sold it for like... I think twenty six bucks. It was cheap. cheap. Yeah, that's what yeah. they were going for. Though. Yeah, and now you know, um, two months later, it's probably two bills. It's probably bills. two, two or three bills. Man, I'm kicking myself for that one. That one sucks. Um, ran a couple of Twitter polls lately. Okay. Okay. Um, one we'll get into a little bit later. Okay. But this one we're going to talk about right now, um, and I just it, it just keeps it's happened. I've heard one of these three instances at least one time. Over a week over the last month and a half, two months, uh, which is funnier. By the way, most voted on Twitter poll we've ever ran. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> which is funny. A lot of firsts this yeah. week. I like it. My wife says I have too much. My kid got on my account and bit up, or my insert family member died here, so I can't pay. Now, is it an insert or a parallel? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Bad joke. Sorry, guys. No, it's it's fine. I liked it. Uh, <laughs> guess which one got the most? Oh, it has, to be, it has to be family member. Oddly, no. That was not. Oh, really? Yeah, it but was that's not. like I feel like that's the most commonly used one. It's the one you hear about all the time. Yeah. I think it adds the that's the biggest uh, pulls at your heartstrings. Yeah, because it pulls at my. You want to believe the person, right? But you just don't know. Let's be honest. I don't care about your great aunt Gertrude or anybody else in your family for that matter. This is a money situation, and I'm going to need you to go ahead and pay me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Buck City Breaks. They were commenting on this, and they, they said that they, the dead family member is the is the funnier one to them. And he says that every time he sees that, he just they or they visualize uh, somebody in said person's family going, "No, not me, not this time. I don't, I don't want to die." <laughs> That's funny. I think more like Weekend at Bernie's, where they're just like holding the guy yeah, exactly. <laughs> Of around like you're going to be the token guy that we're going to use as an excuse all the time. Exactly, so. exactly. Uh, so that only got 11 percent of the vote. 33 uh, percent of the vote was my wife isn't happy, aka I spend too much money. Yeah, I have, I hear that a lot. And then uh, took the took home the poll by a, a wide margin, 56 percent. Kid understands eBay. Look, here's the thing: your kid is three. He does not understand the intricacy. The of eBay, he doesn't know how to bid and all that other stuff. It is a joke. He doesn't. He may know how to turn the iPad on, maybe, and, and watch a show, right? But he's not buying. Yeah, paying triple, you know, 
value for something. So, oh, three year olds don't have buyer's remorse. In the long run, <laughs> in the long run, you guys just need to stop with the bull. It's it, it's laughable, and I don't think anybody that listens to our show would do that. Oh no, I don't think any, I think we're all pretty stand up, pretty, pretty people yeah, around guys. here, yeah. up here in Fat Patopia. But uh, I've I've seen it, I've seen it around, and it's really stupid. Yeah. It's really stupid. It is. All right, man. Uh, that's that. That's our first segment. We're going to get to this interview, man. I'm telling you guys, stick around for this thing. It is an amazing, amazing interview. We said amazing like three times after after the, each story. And I told you a couple of weeks ago, I don't like to use the word amazing. Right. Because when Jesus Christ comes back, and what are you, you going to say then? Right. You, you, that's, you, awesome. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome, dude. So <laughs> there you go. But uh, it, this really was. This was a great interview. Um, lots of stories here. Lots of fun and some tips for you guys who are uh, going to the national, and uh, very open. He he wants to meet you guys, so uh, for sure, do that. All right, uh, we're, hang tight. We'll be right back with Jeff Rosenberg of TriStar, and then on the other end, we got to talk Panini. We'll be back. Oh. This is Craig with LegendLockers.com, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. And uh, joining us on the phone this week is our only interview guest that we have. But, man, it's a big one. Yeah, we don't, we don't need anybody else. <laughs> we don't really need anybody else. We don't need else. anybody else at all. Um, the, the, when I say he's a hobby legend, I mean he's a hobby legend. So uh, the, the first question we're going to ask him out of the gate it might be a little ridiculous, but we, we, we want to set up the interview for you. Joining us on the phone is uh, CEO and president of TriStar Productions, Mr. Jeff Rosenberg. How are you doing this morning, sir? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, man, we're so good. We are good, man. We're happy to uh, thank you for taking some time out in this busy uh, season for you to uh, to come talk to us for a little bit. So we appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Look forward to it. Awesome. Um, all right, before I ask you the first question, I want I want to get this out of the way. He's a University of Texas alumni. So uh, hook him horns this morning. Thanks thanks for being awesome. <laughs> yeah. My pleasure. Very excited. Looking forward to the football season. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, but let's let's talk about important stuff. Uh, just for our listeners who who may not know uh, who you are after the introduction, uh, oddly enough, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how long you've been involved in in the hobby. Well, you know, I started collecting cards, uh, baseball and football cards, in 1972. Uh, you know, I was six, seven years old then. And I, I'll never forget, I, I think I had to go to the dentist, got a tooth knocked out or something. And my mother said, what do you want? Thinking I would say, you know, something like candy or, you know, something a six, seven-year-old kid will want. And I said, I want baseball cards. And I had seen some friends had them. And, you know, I didn't care about the gum so much. I just wanted the cards. So in 1972, I got my first packs of baseball, my first packs of football cards. And there I was, you know, I was off and running, had no idea what the future would hold, but I just wanted to get as many of those cards as I could. And so I kept doing the same thing, 73, 74, 75, and so on. And then about 1979, a friend of mine said, you'll never believe where I just was. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I was in a room at a hotel and there were like dozens of tables set up with all these cards, a lot of old ones. Uh, of course, for us, anything old would be pre-71, 70, and that kind of stuff. And they were for sale, and you could trade and buy them. I said, 
boy, that sounds unbelievable. He said, yeah, would you like to go? They're doing it today again. And this was like a Sunday. And it was the first card show I ever went to here in Houston, Texas. I think it was at a a Ramada Inn uh, over in the Sharpstown area, which interestingly enough, that was the, we ended up having our first show at TriStar in 1987 years later in the same hotel. But I'll never forget, I think I had $20, which was a lot of money, you know, for a 14 year old, 1979. I walk in and I made the mistake that a lot of people do in about the first 10 minutes my money was gone. <laughs> I spent it immediately. And the problem was our, our, our mother wasn't picking us up. You know, one of the mothers dropped us off and the other one was going to pick us up with 14 years old for like three more hours. So here I am, I'm quote stuck at the show, <laughs> no money uh, for about three more hours. But you know, it was like a great lesson. I just walked table to table at the show and talked to the dealers, looked at the cards and such and memorabilia. And and really got to learn a lot about the hobby from the different dealers, and it was pretty exciting. And I came home with my cards, and just, you know started sorting uh, with my new cards, and I started sorting the cards I had, uh, and that really was, I think, the jump start for me. And the next year, I decided I'm going to have a booth as a dealer at this show. So that would have been 1980. I was about 15 years old. And that was it. You know, I had the bug and I had to be at every card show that existed and uh, that I could get to. Of course, living in Houston and not having a car, there weren't that many I could go to. There was one big one here in Houston a year. Man, that's that's an awesome, awesome story. Uh, 20 bucks as a as a 14 year old would I'd be on top of the world, and I probably would have spent it in five minutes too, right? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Back <laughs> then, though, I probably would have bought Star Wars back then. Though. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have bought baseball cards. That would have been me. You know, you know, you could have bought probably like you know. I was looking at cards. There was like, I think there was a fifty-five tops Hank Aaron that I looked at, probably in pretty nice condition. You know, who knows? We weren't so condition sensitive in those days. Uh, but you know, I wanted just to fill in uh, my collection, so I had a want list. That went back to like 72, 73, 74 tops. You know, I was, I was filling those cards in that I needed for my sets, not thinking about buying cards from the 50s. You know, I wish, wish I could go back in time. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. To, to You'd been starting on, doing, you know, doing like a 55 set rather than working on a 72 set. That would have right, been right. I think the, the 72 commons were, uh, I think they wanted a nickel. And, and, and the high numbers were maybe like a dime. Uh, but you know, it was great. Uh, I tell people, you know, that was, you know, really so much fun and, and it can be done again. I'd love to see at our shows, of course, the national coming up more want lists, uh, cause that's really how it started for me. Just sitting at home, of course, back then before computers is writing out on a piece of paper, all the numbers and player names that I needed and checking them off. When I went to a show, it was a, it was a big thrill. Yeah, I think part of that part of that hobby is almost gone today, which is unfortunate. So I would yeah, love no. to see that happen again, to where people are collecting sets and, and going after things. So, um, man, bring it back. We'll start a hashtag. Bring, bring it back. It. Bring back. There Wordless. you go. Bring it back I, I tell you, it's sure worth it. You know, I see it a little bit at our shows. Again, not as much as I did, but it's fun and it brings a smile to your face. And it was why I started, and all my friends. Uh, you know, we just, we just absolutely love 
uh, what you know the cards. We like the front, the back, and of course now you know the technology is so great on the cards. We didn't have that in those days. Uh, we didn't even have in the seventies. You know, uh, we had tops, and that was it. It was tops and tops, but um, it was exciting. And and, uh, and and again, it can be done uh, with the national coming up here in Chicago. We'll see it, and you'll see kids walking around. You know, that show's a lot bigger, uh, but but it still it still exists. There will still be people walking around with checklists. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are my age now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm 52 years old. And there'll be guys my age walking around the show with, with lists. And, and, you know, again, I'd give anything to go back as a 15-year-old and do that again because it was a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. So TriStar, huge company, um, been around for a while. So what kind of – I mean, we, we know a little bit about your past, but what, what got you onto this side of the thing, actually promoting shows and getting the autograph guests? Like what kind of – what brought that to be? You know, it – so it was interesting. It was a sort of a confluence of events. Uh, I, I was graduating uh, college at UT in the um, uh, May of 1987, and I had two friends, one of whom was still in, in college and, and one of whom was working, and we collected together, and we, our big thing was autographs. We would stake out the players at the hotels, uh, at, the, at the Astrodome, at the stadiums. We would go to spring training. Uh, I would make a trip in the summer with some friends down to Arlington, Texas, so we could get the American leaguers. You know, we were a National League city, Houston back then, and there was no interleague play. Right, right. So we were just, we were fanatical about getting autographs and such. And we would just sit and talk about it. And one of the things that kept coming up was that we loved the shows that we went to. And by then, we were not just in Houston, we were going to shows in uh, Dallas, uh, uh, Jim Beckett and uh, Wayne Grove and the guys, you know, doing the shows in Dallas and, and then Wanda Marcus and in St. Louis with Bill Goodwin and Hawksley and different places around the country. And what we kept saying to ourselves when we noticed, you know, when we were younger was they would bring in the quote old guys. Nothing wrong with Mickey Mantle or Hank Aaron or, you know, people like Stan Usual, but we wanted the young players because that's who we loved. So in 1987, you may remember, there was this young player hitting a few home runs, similar to a guy doing it for the Yankees right now. Uh, mm. Back then, it was Mark McGuire. And McGuire, at the All-Star break, had about 30 home runs or so. And my buddies and I were at the national show in 1987 in San Francisco. And there was an agent who represented Mark McGuire. And the promoter of the show is a guy named Bob Lee. And for some reason, Bob uh, took to me, and we became really fast friends when he was uh, before the 87 show, and he put me and my buddies' tables right in the front of the show, which probably was not uh, – a lot of dealers were probably not so happy about that, that these young guys were right up at the front. And he said, can you help me out? And I said, sure. And he said, well, I've got some players. I'd like you to pick up the airport and such coming in for the show. And one was Willie Mays. And one was the agent for McGuire. And, of course, you know, here I am. I don't know anything about San Francisco. I've got a rental car. And I go pick up Willie Mays and bring him to the show. And I go pick up McGuire's agent. And we're chatting. And uh, the promoter of the show, uh, uh, the precursor to Donruss, um, uh, I just forgot the name of the company. I'll think about it in a second. Uh, they had a cruise 
that they did, like on Saturday night, and the promoter of the show, Bob Lee, is there, this agent of McGuire, and we're all talking, and the promoter of the show looks at the agent of McGuire and says, do you know my friend Jeff? And he says, yeah, this is a young man that picked me up. He said he's the biggest show promoter in Houston because this guy had been trying to get me to put on a show. Now, remember, at this time in 1987 in the summer, I had put on zero shows. <laughs> so the, the agent looks at me and says, oh, you promote shows in Houston. I said, well, we're, my buddies and I are interested. We've got this date in November. And uh, he said, well, um, you know, uh, I'll talk to McGuire, see if he'd like to come down there. Sure enough, the next day he talks to McGuire comes to me, says, give me your address. I'll send you a contract. Now I've got a contract and no place to put on this show. So I, my, there were three of us. Two of us were going to Vegas the next weekend. Imagine this. After the greatest show we'd ever been to in San Francisco, we had virtually no cards and lots of money, and we're going to Vegas. Not, not really a good combination there. <laughs> no. And we go, we go to Vegas. Our other friend's going back to Houston because he's got to get back to work. And we said, look, you got to find a hotel. Try to get the hotel where we've always gone to the shows. The one I told you about earlier that was where I set up at my first show at this Ramada Inn in uh, Sharpstown uh, area in Houston, Texas. And, of course, he goes. He rents, rents it out. And I, I was still a little nervous. You know, I'm like, I don't know this agent. You know, he's going to take my money. I need to get a contract signed. Remembering I'm graduated in May from UT, and I'm about to start law school here in Houston, Texas in August. Mm. So I get a contract drafted. I have an uncle who's a lawyer. We get a contract drafted. And uh, I told one of my partners, I said, look, we're, we're still in Las Vegas. Go down to uh, Arlington, Texas. The A's are playing the uh, Rangers and, and have a check ready as a deposit and a contract give Mark McGuire the check and have him sign the contract. And I kind of figured if he signed the contract and he cashed the check, he may show up. And I guess the rest is history. He showed up. The show was great. And now we were off and running as show promoters. And meanwhile, I was just starting law school. So interesting dynamic there. I, uh, <laughs> It, it, it bit off probably more than I could chew, but it, it ended up working out. That's an amazing story. That is, yeah, that's fantastic, <laughs> right there. That, that's great. That's like having, like, that's a great problem to have. It's yeah, like the worst problem and the best problem all at the same time. Kudos to you, sir, for figuring it out so quickly. That I would have been just completely lost. That's that's insane. Um, all right, man. I want to know this. This is a question straight from me off the top of my head. Over the years uh, at TriStar, you you guys have just had a who's who of autograph guest list. Um, who has been one or two of the athletes, celebrities that has partnered with you that you were especially proud of? Like, you know, you put real hard work into landing and, and they came through big for you. Well, you know, you know that question is sort of like, you know, who's your favorite child, right? Yeah, that's true. So, um, you know, we've had so many great ones. I think two kind of just jump out at me, you know, when I hear that question. Uh one is the guy that I consider the greatest of all time, not just as an athlete, but as a person, humanitarian. And that's unfortunately somebody we lost uh, last year, somebody I considered a friend, and that's Muhammad Ali. Um, I guess just from the start of this, it had always been my dream to have Muhammad Ali at uh, one of these shows. And I ended up getting to work with him several times uh, during his lifetime. And he's just an amazing human being. And I got to share a lot of time with him. 
and and he's just he's he is the greatest of all time. Uh, I, I guess the other one that that jumps out to me is another guy that I wanted, and he had this mystique about him, and that was Joe DiMaggio, and kind of the one story I tell about DiMaggio is he. Uh, you had, before he would come to your show, he wanted to know who you are. Most of these shows, you just deal with an agent. The player shows up, but all the business is conducted with an agent. DiMaggio had an attorney, but he wanted to know you. So you would talk to the attorney. He would kind of put the ground rules together, the deal terms, and then you would get a call from Joe DiMaggio. So imagine, you know, I mean, you're a pretty young guy in my low 20s. And I'm sitting there, and the phone rings one day, and it's Joe DiMaggio. And I tell you, he starts asking me a barrage of questions. I didn't know where this thing was going. And I guess I did okay because he showed up at the show. And, again, we, we kind of created a, a friendship you know, over a number of years until he passed on. And uh, he, he, was, he was quite an interesting guy. I could probably write a book just about stories of DiMaggio. But, you know, here's a guy that, you know, he comes down to Houston and uh, I think my father picked him up at the airport and I, I get to meet him when he gets in. And I'm thinking, you know, this guy was married to Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> this guy's pretty impressive. You know, like, to me, he was Mr. Coffee. You know, I used to see him in his uh, commercials as a kid. And so he was a legend. I, I would say Ali and DiMaggio are, you know, two, two of the top that, that I was privileged to work with in my career. Can't think of anybody better. I mean, yeah, no, and, and to get vetted by uh, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, you cool. get vetted by Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, that, that was that was one of the toughest tests I ever took and passed, so that was pretty good. <laughs> Forget college, man. That was the harder than that, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. All right, so you've, you've had a ton of guests, so i got to ask, man, who's had the longest line at a show? You know, uh, so I had a show in 92 – and the years start to run together. But in 92, we had, in Houston, Texas, we had a show. And on one stage, we had DiMaggio. And on one stage, we had um, Mickey Mantle. And I'm going to tell you something. It was unbelievable. I mean, the lines were just crazy, just from one end of the George R. Brown Convention Center to the other. But you just had to know DiMaggio's personality. But he... I'm, I'm talking to him, you know, he's signing, and he keeps looking over to his right. And we had heard that DiMaggio and Mantle don't necessarily have the best relationship. And, and we had been told by the agents, you know, don't put them next to each other in stages. So, of course, we've got a giant convention hall, so we put DiMaggio all the way on one side of the room, Mantle on the other. And finally, about, after about three or four looks, DiMaggio looks at me and says, who's signing at that table down there? What DiMaggio noticed was as long as line as his was, the guy at the far end had the longer line, <laughs> and that was Mickey Mantle. So I don't think he was particularly pleased with that, especially when I told him who it was. Uh, but he handled it, I guess. He didn't say much more after that. But, uh, you know, they, they said that DiMaggio, when they announced him at the, um, uh, at the Yankee old-timers games, he would write the script, which I completely believe that story. And he said he would make the announcer say, you know, the world's greatest living Yankee. And, of course, that's why, you know, that's during the time that Mantle was still alive. So yes, sir. Um, it was a, uh, you know, they, there was a competitive nature there. I don't think it was on Mantle's side. I never heard of that, but it was definitely on DiMaggio's. And 
So Man Mano had a pretty good line. It was it was hard uh, to beat his. That's that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I just man. wasn't sure if it was someone like you know when Brian Taylor was so hot. You know, like one of those just <laughs> oh, like freak yeah, well, You know what I mean? Like somebody like that could know, pack out a place back then. You know, that's what I was kind of curious. I, yeah, you're exactly right. And I had one here in Houston one time when uh, the Rockets they won their first championship in the ninety three ninety four season. And so in January of '95, we had a big show here, and we had all the major players from that team. And the same thing happened, but it was uh, Mike Schmidt was sitting with a friend of mine who's a, an attorney I went to law school with. And Mike Schmidt says, "Who in the hell is this guy sitting next to me?" <laughs> and he's got a line from one end of the convention to the other, and Schmidt didn't recognize him from anybody. He's like, who is this guy? Well, we had had all these Rockets, Akeem Olajuwon, all these two guys. But this was a guy named, who was like the sixth man, basically. A guy came off the bench. Uh, current NBA uh, fans know him as a coach. I knew him as a player at that time. It was Scotty Brooks. Scott Brooks, a oh, coach, wow. you know, current coach, but uh, former Houston Rocket player, who was really like a, just a fan favorite. The fans here just absolutely loved him when he played. He was an all-out hustler. And here he is at the table next to Mike Schmidt. You know, at the time, like my when growing up, my favorite third baseman, he just killed the Astros, my team, Philly, you know, just a you know, Hall of Famer, 548 home runs. And he has no idea who this guy next to him is who has, uh, you know, a line from one end of the convention center to the other. And, you know, my friend is the attorney, tries to put it to him. Well, you know, our team just won their first NBA championship, so he's got a big line. But, you know, that was pretty funny. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. Good stuff, man. <laughs> That's a great story, too. That is. All right, man. We're, we're talking a lot about Yankees legends here. And, uh, well, I, I got to bring up the Babe Ruth ball that you uh, that you purchased uh, back in 2012. You you went all in on this thing and, and paid a pretty penny for it. What, what drove you to, to go after that? Was it because it's Babe Ruth or is it just something you just had to have? Or how that – what was your thought process yeah. there? Uh, all of the above and more. So I, I told you my, my love from, you know, really when I started, uh, of course, I said I started collecting cards, but then I quickly got into collecting autographs. And, and that's really my true passion today in the hobby. I, I, people say, what do you collect? I collect so many things it's hard to keep up with now. But really my true passion is autographs. And for some reason, like many others, I got into this, you know, single sign ball thing, and I had to have a single sign ball of everybody in the Hall of Fame, you know, all of my heroes, all of the rookies of the years, MVPs, and, and of course that just grew and grew. And you know, Babe Ruth was always the guy, and I always had, uh, you know, since I could afford it, I, I would have some ball that had Ruth's signature. It would either have several other players, like several other Yankees, or, or it was dirty, you know, uh, not a very nice signature. It, it, the list goes on and on. So, yeah, I always had something with Ruth. I just wanted to have it. But, again, I was a dealer, so I was sort of a trader. You know, I might sell or trade one, try to get a better one. And when that ball came up in 2012, I knew the owner, and I had spoken with the owner. Uh, and he had tried to sell me the ball previously and I just wasn't in a position financially. It just, just wasn't the timing wasn't right. Let's just say. And finally it came up in that auction and 
you know, you get pretty excited when you're in an auction. Sure. And <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I knew it was going to take a lot of money to own that ball, but it's the best of the best. It's the Babe Ruth 9.5. There's no 10s. It's the only 9.5. There's three 9s and several 8.5s. And I thought, you know, there's probably never going to be a better one. This one may never come on the market again. And, of course, you get excited in an auction. And at the end of the night, I ended up owning it. And I certainly don't regret it. I'm pretty excited. I've been offered a lot of money for it, certainly a lot more than I paid. And um, as I, I've told them all, it's not for sale because it's, it's, it really is a centerpiece of the collection. It's a pretty great piece. Awesome. That's fantastic, man. Because go for the best, right? Yeah, you go for the best. Go for the best. Babe Ruth was pretty much the best, and you get the best ball. There you go. That works. Yeah, and I I, got to tell you, I tell everybody, you know, they ask me, they come to the shows, and, you know, you've done this a long time. What do you recommend? And I I, I really have two recommendations. One is to absolutely buy what you love because it's a hobby, and you should buy what you love. I find that the people who just buy for the financial gain – uh, don't really have that same enjoyment. But what I tell people is if you want that, just buy what you love, but buy the best that you can afford at that time of what you love. So whatever it is that you love, just buy the best card or autograph or whatever it happens to be that you collect. Buy the best of what you have. And I'll tell people, you know, let, let, let's say your budget's $500. Uh, well, I see a lot of people, they'll buy 10 things for 50 or they'll buy five things for a hundred. And I'll say, you know, maybe you'll, you should spend the 500 on one item, but buy the best of that item that you can, you'll enjoy the item. You'll own a great piece and who knows what it could be worth one day. I mean, I, I remember when I started a really nice looking Babe Ruth ball, uh, really nice looking was about a thousand dollars. The first balls that I remember buying that had Ruth's signature were about 300 or 500. And now looking back, if I had to do it over, I would have saved, I would have spent the full thousand and bought the best of the best. Of course. I would have enjoyed it, right? Having the best. And then (laughs) they would appreciate it. They've appreciated quite a bit since then. That's good stuff, man. So I'm actually sitting here looking at the flyer for the national and I'm looking at the just amazing amount of Hall of Famers and, and stars and people that you have coming to this. Who actually puts that list together? Is that is that your doing? Do you have a committee, a team? How does that all come together? Yeah, we, we've got a team. Uh, uh, my partner here, uh, Bobby Bentz at TriStar, uh, you know, he and I uh, work on it. it it's a, It takes a full year and uh, try to figure out, you know, who we'd like to have. And then we have to unfortunately hit reality uh, who's available, who's available in the, in the budgets, et cetera. Um, but but it, it's, it's, it's a labor of love for sure uh, because we want to bring the people that we think people want to meet and see, get their autograph, take pictures with, et cetera. So uh, we try to diversify it. Um, the hobby for a long time was, was you know baseball and then football, basketball, hockey, uh, uh, got more popular over the years, but you know it's, it's probably still driven by baseball, and and you know hard to argue football is pretty hot too, but um, and so they seem the baseball and football players seem to take uh, you know sort of most of the accolades and and slots at the show, but then we do have some basketball, we have some hockey, and we've got some wrestling and boxing and things like that. 
That's great, man. I mean, it's just it's so impressive, that, you know, year in and year out, who you guys can can get to come to this show, you know. And I know, I know the guy sitting across from me is all excited about Mike Tyson being. I on am. The show I am year. excited about. And I saw. I didn't. I didn't look completely at the list until this morning. Uh, Tyson, Tommy Hearns, and Roberto Duran. I would. I'd pay for, for each one of those. So I would. I would do that. So uh, that's so awesome. Yeah. You, you sound like me. I, I was talking yesterday uh, about the Mayweather. Uh, McGregor fight, and we own uh, four retail stores in Las Vegas, so that's a big deal for us. And we actually have Tyson coming to our stores that weekend. But I'm such a pure boxing fan, I'm actually more excited for three weeks later the Triple G Canelo fight. Because uh, I just, uh, you know, again, I love Muhammad Ali, a big boxing fan. But there's really nothing like meeting Mike Tyson. I mean, here's a guy who. I mean, he just struck fear in anybody that was around him in his prime in boxing. And he's nothing like that when you meet him in person. I mean, he's just very nice. And you come up, he'll take a picture, talk to you, you get an autograph. And uh, I remember the first time I got to meet him, you know, I was a little nervous. You know, here's this guy who was a killer in the ring. But um, but what a, what a great autograph guest to have. So we're, we're real fortunate, real blessed to have him. That's yeah. I I've actually I've ran into him incidentally at an ice cream shop and he was amazing. <laughs> oh, but how funny! It, it was it it was a brief a brief interaction. Just hey champ, how you doing, man? He was all smiles and it was just happy that to be getting ice cream. So yeah, why not? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> um, if you're ever gonna meet somebody, that's probably the best place to do it. Exactly, exactly. Um, Tell us about the uh, the all access VIP packages. There's a couple of different levels, and with a few different with a few different things that uh, the Super VIP offers that the the VIP package doesn't. Tell us about those and how uh, our listeners can go purchase one of those. Okay, so um, uh, if you go to NSCC Show, it's NSCC like National Sports Collectors Convention Show They've got everything there. I'll do my best to try uh, to explain it. I think. I think this year we've got like four levels. So we've got a VIP package, a super VIP, the all access and the all access super VIP. So just the the sort of basics are the VIP is you get a one person in the show all five days. There's a big tops VIP party, a Wednesday sneak peek uh, VIP event. You're going to get this exclusive VIP gift package and 12 uh, autographs from our uh, VIP guests. Uh, selected for you um you know you'll get these uh, little cards in your in your gift pack you get to come in the show a half hour early admission each day and we have a special vip lounge you get to use uh and just there's some other benefits some great promos uh from different uh card manufacturers etc and then um our super vip is basically everything that i just said but you actually also get 18 vip autographs instead of the 12 so we have 18 of them coming so you get one of each and then you get a free parking pass to use wednesday to sunday in the rosemont uh, parking garage so uh that one's 60 bucks more but it's well worth it just based on getting double the vi double the gift packages you get six more autographs and you get free parking that that free uh, parking for, is huge and that i mean for people is, who have yeah, not been to yeah. the rosemont center that free parking will will save your life yeah, it really is. And you, um, and then the other two uh, are really where I recommend, because that's where your your best value is, the all-access or the all-access super. 
which the all access super will be the one that uh, there's only 350 and it will sell out. Uh, so you get, in addition to everything I just said before in the super, um, you're, you're going to get uh, first in line for all the autograph guests. And that's a huge time saver for you. So you get to just, you're a VIP. You get to walk past all the people uh, except for the people in your group, uh, which are the all access. And you're actually also going to get uh, same thing, line priority in the authentication line because now everybody gets their autographs authenticated. You'll get five authentications for free. You're going to get two photo opportunities for free uh, from that list of 18 guests. You're going to get two of those. So like I said, you get all of that. I mean, I think double the promos. These promo packages here are unbelievable. Um, uh, you know, just with all the great rookies this year, these uh, promo packs are pretty incredible. And not only do you get the 18 autographs, you're going to get autographs from, like, Tops is having a, a VIP reception Wednesday. They're having Hall of Famers, Nate Archibald, Ron Duguay from hockey, uh, Jose Canseco. Uh, the old Oakland A and many other teams. So you're really getting 21 autographs uh, there. And like I said, uh, these these VIPs, top sets, going to have Ted Williams, Nolan Ryan, Ken Griffey Jr. and some, uh, Panini down in Dallas. What a set. I was talking about rookies. You're going to get Lonzo Ball, Mitch Trubisky, the uh, quarterback taken by the Bears, Christian McCaffrey, the football player, uh, Deshaun Watson, we know him pretty well here. He's the quarterback taken by the Houston Texans. Uh, Leonard Fournette, the fourth pick taken in the draft at LSU. Uh, you got uh, a couple great young baseball prospects, uh, Benatendi, I think. Uh, Dansby Swanson, the shortstop for the uh, Braves. Uh, Bregman, our third baseman here in Houston. And uh, the Celtics' uh, top pick, a kid named uh, Jason Tatum who's already tearing up the summer lead. Upper Deck's got their own with Ben Simmons and Connor McDavid, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Uh, Leaf has got one with Floyd. Uh, they got a Floyd uh, Mayweather, Connor McGregor commemorative card. So it's just an incredible uh, package for all of that. Uh, that's your, your super VIP. So um, it's, uh, it, it's a heck of a, a deal, and, and it's really the way to go, especially if you're an autograph collector. So you're going to get 21 free autographs. Uh, it's 2.99. It gets you in all week. Gets your parking double, double the VIP package gift, gift bags. And uh, what what my friends tell me who go, and what I what they tell me that that they get their money back on the double VIPs because they sell one off uh, and end up getting their money out of it. And what I tell them is, if I wasn't a promoter of the show, I'd be buy I'd be buying the VIP package the all-access VIP package, and I'd be the one standing in lines getting all this free stuff. So, um, you know, that, that's sort of the one downside of being the promoter. You don't you don't get to be on the other side of the, of the curtain uh, as often as you'd like being, getting all the autographs. So uh, it, it's a great way. If, you ever, if you've been to a national, it's the way to go. If you've never been to one, uh, well, I'd, I'd love to see everybody come out to the Rosemont Convention Center in Chicago. And we're, if you have to fly in, all you do is fly in the O'Hara Airport, and we're five minutes from the airport. Mm. Yes, sir. Good deal, man. We he sold me. You done? Yeah, he sold me. You done? I'm, I'm <laughs> You're going go super, get, super yeah. VIP. Super VIP. Yeah, all the way, man. All the way. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to talk about. But I tell you, you're there five days. It's 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 good to not have to wait in all those lines. You just go to the front. 
Yeah, that's a that sounds good to me. It sounds like that fast pass at amusement parks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm down with it that. It is. It is. It's our version of the Disney fast pass, basically. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. So, um, there are going to be some first timers coming to the national. Um, actually, Eric, this is your first time, right? Yes, sir. So, what would you? What's the best advice nice. you could give somebody who's walking in for the first time? Because it's overwhelming. I've been to a few myself, and I remember the first one I went to. I was just lost. So. What's the what, what's okay, the one so, thing they have to check out, and, and what's some advice you can give them walking in? Well, so, you know, again, after you buy your all-access VIP package, because then you're going to save a lot of time. The next most important thing is to be prepared. I'm telling you, have that want list ready, okay? And what's going to be on your want list? Uh, the things that you most covet as a collector, get them on your want list. You know, have an idea of about what you're willing to pay so you can kind of be prepared. Uh, the great thing about a show like this, you know, uh, most things are negotiable. You see what you like. Maybe it might be a little outside of your price range. You can negotiate with the dealer. Can't promise he'll sell it for less, but usually most things, there's some wiggle room for the dealer. So be prepared. Have a great list of what you're interested in buying in an approximate price. And the other thing is, some of the dealers and, and the manufacturers, it's very rare. They don't do a lot of shows. So have a list. Uh, if you know some dealers uh, in the industry that you want to see, you know, mark those down. You'll come in. There'll be a program. You can look up their booth number, and you go see them. You have some time to spend with them. And then the same with the manufacturers. You're going to get a chance to see Tops and Panini and Upper Deck and Leaf, uh, our company, TriStar. We put out our, our packaged goods products under a bunch of different names. We have a booth, and everybody has promotions. Our company, for instance, if you just buy one of our products on the floor from one of our distributors, you come, you open it up at our booth, and you're getting free free prizes, free gifts. So basically, you just you just you know, let's say you want a hidden treasure baseball, you buy one on the floor, you bring it to our booth, you open it up there, you're going to get another free. Uh, prize in fact our we have a chicago version uh you know the cubs who won the uh world series we've got a, a chicago version of that product if you buy that product on the floor you come to the, the booth you get our regular baseball hidden treasures it's about a 75 dollar 80 dollar item you get that for free you get another one free so that's the great thing about the national there's so many great free promotions you know make sure to to have your want list be prepared because I've seen so many people not prepare, and they walk in, they look around, and they have absolutely no idea what to do. It's, it's like being in an amusement park for the first time when you're a kid. You don't know which ride to go to first, and that's sort of like the national. So uh, especially, again, if you're an autograph collector, you've got to have some time aside to go and, and get your favorite autographs. But you want to see your favorite dealers. You want to see your favorite manufacturers as well. Uh, that's great advice. I, I, I've taken that all in. I've heard you, and I'm going to apply that as I walk through the door Thursday morning of it's, the show. It's tough. How many days? How many days do you get? Uh, I'll be there Thursday. I'll be well. Paul and I will be there Thursday through Sunday. Oh, okay. So you got four days. So yeah. You you have a pretty good you know pretty good uh, deal. And you know again, if there's some autographs, you look in on the list and see what day and time they're going to be there. But, but really, you have to almost write out uh, a schedule for yourself. So, like me personally, 
I'm scheduling some uh, visits with some people that are either old friends or people I do business with. You know, so I have a little calendar, and I just kind of pencil in when I'm going to go see these people. Because what happens is you get so tied up, uh, Eric, in, in what you're doing, you kind of forget about the other three things you wanted to get done. So you kind of have to limit yourself, but uh, you know, allocate the time. But you'll, you'll have a great time. you got four days. So, awesome. Awesome. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Um, I got to ask you one last question. Um, I was sure. not, not that I was Twitter stalking you, but I was looking through your Twitter feed. And I saw an amazing picture of you, a, a, a young Jeff, with a, a 50-year-old Muhammad Ali. And the, the caption said, it was great having you at our, my parents' house for your 50th birthday. Tell me that story. How did that happen? So, uh, you know, we were planning our show. And, uh, again, I'm, I may have to go look at the, I got the picture in my office. Here. I got to see what year it was. I think it was January of 92. Uh, of course, I didn't write it on the picture, um, but uh, uh, I think it was January 92, 92 or 93, and I think he was born in 42, so it would have been January 92, uh, but anyway, we were planning the show in, you know, the year before, and, you know, we had the weekend of the show, that was already picked out, and we wanted Ali to come, and of course, it turns out now it's his 50th birthday, and we're like, ugh, you know, that's that's bad timing for us right you now we've been working hard want to get this done and talking to his agent and i don't know how it came up but i said something like you know i'll throw him a party for his 50th birthday so he can come to houston do a signing and ali had some history in houston uh he had fought uh i think three times in the astrodome so uh he had had history he liked houston and somehow we convinced him to come in he spent two days, Saturday and Sunday, signing at the show. And Saturday night, uh, well, at the show, it was pretty cool. We had a big cake made, and we presented him the cake for his birthday at the show. And people, uh, you know, some of the collectors got to eat some cake and wish him happy birthday. That was that was a pretty, you know, sort of out-of-body experience. But for me, you know, the best was um, I was living in an apartment. I was single at the time, living in an apartment. So that wasn't really going to cut it for a place to have a party for Muhammad Ali. <laughs> so I asked my parents if we could use, you know, the house, their house, the house I grew up in. And, of course, they said yes. And we got to invite, uh, you know, some people from our company, uh, uh, friends. You know, we told Ali, you have any friends in Houston, you know, feel free to invite them. And uh, we just had a little food and drink. And I don't remember, but there was a fight actually on that night. There was actually a fight. could have been Holyfield. I can't remember who the fight was at this point, but um, uh, I just remember where here I am. I, I mean, again, you have to pinch me. I'm in the house I grew up in. I'm showing Muhammad Ali the room I grew up in, and, and at that point, because I lived in an apartment, I still had most of my memorabilia at my parents' house because, you know, they still had the room. They had all the space. I lived in a small apartment, so I'm showing Muhammad Ali my, you know, memorabilia collection, you know, up until that point. And, you know, we're eating and drinking and having a great time. And I walked outside and I said, uh, or somebody must have said, hey, let's take a picture. And, you know, Ali would like you to, he, he liked when you posed like you were fighting. And we did and took that picture. And I guess about, I moved about seven months ago. And at some point while we were plant, preparing for the move, I was, you know, going through old things. And I found that picture. 
And so that's how it ended up on the Twitter feed because I, I found the picture after all these years and uh, uh, ended up putting it on my um, my Facebook page, I guess. And it was pretty exciting. I, I, I'm still almost a, uh, sort of have to pinch myself. Uh, and then, of course, we lost him last year. And, yes, sir. And that was pretty pretty tough to deal with. But um, he was he was truly a great guy. Uh, and you could see that spark he had uh and how he not only just was a great champion fighter, but how he, you know, motivated people and and was a, a real leader. So it was it was a great night. That is an amazing story. Uh, probably hands down my favorite story I've ever heard on this podcast. That's that's good stuff. That that's I'm I'm an Ollie Ollie bum myself. I'm not just I just I love him. So hearing that kind of story, uh, sharing that experience through your through your words is awesome. All right, uh, we're up against it, but we do want to give you one last chance to uh, to plug your 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 website, your Twitter, your Facebook, whatever you want to do. Please let our listeners know where they can go and find TriStar. Okay, well, one of the easiest is our uh, website, which is tristarproductions.com, T-R-I-S-T-A-R, the word productions with an S, dot com, www, of course, dot tristarproductions.com. Social media, we've got a lot of them. On Twitter, we're TriStar1, just T-R-I-S-T-A-R, and the number one. Uh, same on Instagram. So Twitter and Instagram, TriStar1. And Facebook, uh, we're just TriStar Productions, T-R-I-S-T-A-R Productions. And then personally, I've got my own accounts. On Twitter, I'm TSP, P-R-E-S, like TriStar Production President, TSP Prez. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Jeff Rosenberg, and I'm the same on Facebook. So Jeff Rosenberg on Facebook or Instagram. TSP Perez on Twitter, and I uh, love everybody to come join me on social media, come to our site, and most importantly, uh, if you get to the national, ask for me. I'm usually back where the autographs are if I'm not out roaming the floor, and love to meet uh, all your listeners, and uh, just can't wait to see everybody, see you guys uh, in Chicago in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. We're yeah. looking forward to it, man. For sure, man. I'm even more pumped now. Yeah, I'm pumped up now, too. Like, I wish you were leaving tomorrow morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, thank you for, for your time, man. You, you gave us a great interview, uh, one of the best. We've been on a real good string of, of interviews lately, and uh, this is going to be probably top five. So thank you very much for your time, and we'll see you soon in Chicago. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Christy Petrillo from Figures Toy Company, and you're listening to the Fatbacks on Beckett Radio. Dude, Jeff Rosenberg, if you need him. Boom. That dude was awesome. He was awesome. Loved that interview. Can't wait to meet him, man. Yeah, I can't wait to meet him either, man. That was that was really it was I was just uh to to quote Chris Keller, it was dope. <laughs> <laughs> like the good kind. Yeah. It was good. Well, dope. I guess I can't say that either, but like yeah. It was a danky nugget. <laughs> Who says that? Uh the KNC masterpiece on 1053 the fan. They have they have a segment called they have a segment called Danky Nuggets. I like it. It's pretty funny. It's a little innuendo, but hey, you know, whatever. Speaking of speaking of hey whatever, let's talk about this Dak auto pin situation that culminated as you predicted correctly, sir. Friday night last Friday in the wee hours of the night. Yeah, I guess it was 9 or 10 o'clock Central Time, somewhere in that range. So it made it 10, 11 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, they finally issued a statement. Yeah. Uh, joint, I guess it's, they called it a joint statement between them and, and Dak. 
um, about what happened um, with with the with the auto pen situation, and it's out there for everybody to read. I mean, go to Panini and, and find it out there to read it. If well, you haven't read I, it, I, I did pull it up. Under a walk, or probably living under a rock by now. If you haven't read it, I did pull it up. Um, you did pull it up. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna read it. Just just like you want me to read it here. You can read parts of it or whatever. You no, want I'm gonna do. read all of it. You're gonna read all of it. I mean, all right. this is just like. All right, for I want I'm sorry to cut you off too. Okay. Uh first I want to say that Tracy Hackler has been catching a lot of hell for this. I don't believe I don't I don't personally know Tracy Hackler. I've met him. Mm-hmm. And but I know enough about him and his personality and his um his his demeanor to know that this just this just doesn't sound like Tracy Hackler to me. No, I th- I think it was more of a uh, he was just told to put it out. I think you know, so. It was bigger than him. Exactly. And he was told to put it out and yeah, I mean he's catching a catching a, a severe beating. Yes, yeah, he really is. All right, let me read it. Um Panini America executives and quarterback Dak Prescott met on Thursday to investigate in detail a limited qu- a limited quantity of Prescott autograph trading cards that were issued as redemptions for for Panini America's 2016 NFL Prism trading card product. Last week after being contacted by an autograph authenticator, and following an internal quality control process, Panini America officials determined that a small quantity of Prescott's autographs received from 2016 Prism Football may not be authentic. I like that they use the the term autograph authenticator. They just couldn't say Beckett authentications. Right. Uh, thanks, anyways. As an immediate <laughs> as an immediate precaution, Panini America began recalling all Prism Prism Football Dak Prescott autograph cards. Stopping deliveries to 110 customers. Not all shipments were able to be recalled, however, and 167 cards were ultimately delivered to to customers. It was also discovered that some of the Prescott Prism cards are still unaccounted for. Panini has committed to remanufacturing all Dak Prescott Prism football cards, which Dak will sign to replace all the autograph cards within the Prism collection. All the manu- all the remanufactured cards for the Prism Collection autographed by Prescott will f- feature a special Dak Prescott hologram to differentiate the new cards. Okay, here's the thing. Okay. And I'm not done reading this, but I'm stopped right there. Okay. Press School PR 101. You don't cover up a story by breaking a new story in said story. <laughs> like, you don't do that. That's the first instance of this. There's another one, another bigger instance coming up in the next paragraph that you're like, what the hell? hell?" Okay. Panini, in the process of of contacting the remaining customers affected and recalling the 2016 Prism Football press cards cards to replace them, the company urges anyone offered a 2016 Prism Dak Prescott autograph card not featuring the special hologram to contact Panini immediately. In other words, we really want these back before we get more bad press. On Thursday, Prescott and Panini America agreed to a long-term extension on his exclusive autograph chart trading card agreement to commit to delivering quality and authentic products to the collectors. That's the other one. That's the bigger one. Really, that's how you do this? I guess. <sighs> you know, I mean, that's... I guess what they're trying to do is just assure that now that they have this this contract and it's out there and everybody knows how it's supposed to be handled, that moving forward, it's going to be handled correctly. Uh, I, I think guess, that's what they're trying to I portray. I guess so. All right. There's a little bit more. Basically, it's yada, yada, yada. All right. Uh, I, I, I was pretty non-committal last week. I no-showed the whole thing. And I did it because I wanted to wait until we heard something. 
And again, I don't believe that this is Tracy Hackler. I really don't even think that this is Panini. I think this is someone above both of those pay grades saying this is what's going to be released. But this is horrible. In 2017, for a press release to come out like this, which it happens still, is is beyond me. How the president of the company or somebody higher up in the company doesn't get in front of a like a Facebook Live form or a, you know a Periscope form or a video form or somehow somehow say, look, we're sorry, this happened, we're correcting it. Open questions. How that doesn't happen in 2017 is is beyond me. But this was crap. It was just it's just weird, you know. It's it it the timing of it is just bizarre, you know. On a Friday yeah, night, right. going into a weekend, I mean, it just doesn't. There's so many things that just don't make sense with it. You know, the link was up and then it didn't work for the first few minutes. It was up and then it had to be reissued up. And, you know, it just just didn't look good for anybody involved in the situation. You know, um, I haven't seen anything from Dak's actual camp on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anything actually acknowledge that this even happened or took place. Right. And, you know, there's this statement that. You know, I, I don't know if Dak even said anything in the statement. No, you know? I, so I, I, I don't think it, he did. It, there's just a lot of confusion. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't write dissertations or anything, but I just think it was a just kind of poorly written on some level, too. Yeah. Again, I don't believe that that was Hackler. I, he's he's taken a lot of crap. I just I just don't believe that personally. But whoever wrote that and came up with that. It's that was the wrong way to handle it, you know. And maybe maybe there'll be some some re, some redemption, not to use their <laughs> redemption <laughs> sure. at the national. Maybe they'll be able to uh, answer more questions, uh, take a high road, or, or you know, maybe enlighten us a little bit more at the national. Because obviously, I mean, they have I think like the biggest booth at the national sure. uh, coming up, and sure. there's going to be a lot of people um, that are going to want answers, that are going to want to talk about it, that are going to want to just beat it into the ground and you know hopefully the right people will be there to be able to answer these questions and, and clear up and man i just want to move past it you know get it you know move past it and get ready for football season man i'm excited about football season and i don't want this to be an over overwhelming like a, a looming thing throughout the season sure you know the memes and the jokes and all that stuff you know it's, it's i don't know i'm already tired of it you're already it's tired nice of to it. go away yeah I'm, I'm tired of it too i'm like you i do want to move past it i just i wish that it was handled in a better situation. With all of that being said, if they do at the national get out in front of this in whatever way they can and, and have a more concrete direct answer, I will take back everything I just said about how crappy it was. Yeah. And and that maybe that's part of the plan. It might be. We don't know. I don't know. know, We're sitting here behind mics. We don't know the answers to that, but you know, hopefully that'll be the situation. You know, they'll have some kind of exchange program there. Like they normally have an exchange program there for redemptions and, and damages and things like that, that they normally do. Um, hopefully this will be incorporated into it somehow. Sure. And, uh, yeah. I just, you know, after the national, I, I just hope that we can, we can all as a, as an industry, as a hobby, as collectors, as people just move on from this. And, um, you know, hopefully everybody's going to learn from it that was involved. And, you know, it'll it'll make the hobby better. You know, it'll be more, a little more checks and balances mm-hmm. uh, moving forward for, for not just Panini, but for all the companies that are right. out there getting autos and, and doing different things, you know, maybe the way that things are handled. And, um, you know, hopefully this will be one of those things that you turn a bad into a good. I, I, I hope so, too. And I do, th- I do agree with what you just said about um, it'll bring new industry standards. I, ho- I think that really will happen. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. Um, man, because... 
you know, for months now we've been talking about, you know, the hobby's not dead, the hobby's not dead, the hobby's not dead. This is something that will kill the hobby. It like, could. I mean, it, it's, it, it, potentially it could. It could because you got to have the trust, man. People, mm-hmm. you know, collectors are out there spending two, three, four, five, six, eight thousand dollars, hundred dollars a box of cards to get these autographs that sure. are certified. And if you're going to spend that kind of money, you need to get the right product. Yeah, you, you, know? d- you definitely. Bottom line, you need to get the right product, no matter what manufacturer you are, no matter what you're putting out. It, it just needs to be the right product. It needs to be the right product. It needs yeah. to be the right. Bottom uh, line, man, if you're buying laundry detergent and you open it up and it's oatmeal. Like it's not going to help you. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to buy that laundry detergent anymore. Of course. So it needs to be what it is. Of course. Um, did you did you find that story about somebody getting an empty box? Bought an empty box? I did not find you that whole find thing. Out. No, I, th- I right. don't know if that was just some, you know, how these things happen. All these rumors happen yeah. all over the place. So, But no, I didn't find any more validity to it. I figured at this point it would have hit something. Yeah, it would have hit something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I think it was probably just a bunch of people just trying to start something trying to start something yeah so uh the other twitter poll i ran getting back to the panini was which was more laughable uh the panini dissertation (laughs) 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 or the hype over bowman platinum (laughs) hey kudos to tops man that was just good timing that was great timing great timing man i mean the the product itself is, is pretty good a pretty good product man you got judge rc's in there you got bellinger's first rookie card in there mm-hmm. you know stinking bellinger autographs judge autographs moniac autographs Correa's in there uh swanson ben attendee everybody that's anybody right now has an autograph in that set and it's it's pretty banging it, it really is man i i honestly i don't buy baseball cards I, do, I just don't do it i don't i'm not here to prospect that's not what i want to do but I should have jumped in on this, and you were telling me that if you didn't get it from your Walmart, you're not getting it. It's it's yeah, gone. <laughs> I did, and it, and it was gone, and it's a lot like last year for that first weekend. It's gone, and now you know you can get it at Blowout, and Dave and Adams actually do okay. carry it. So I guess it's the initial BAM Walmart-only exclusive for that first couple days, um, and then I guess they release the rest to the, the bigger distributors. So, okay. um, and then from there, you'll release them to maybe the, the, the hobby shops, I guess, your card shops and stuff like that. So, um, but you know, Walmart, you had a shot at getting it at $70 a box. You know, I think blowout and David Adams are, are over a hundred, uh, on the secondary market, but that's being driven by the judge and the Bellingers and the, and the guys like that, that, uh, that have autos in there. And I mean, they're nice looking cards. Sure. You know, they got a good, good shine to them and, um, you know, it's a good product. So I liked it last year. Um, but this class of, of autographs and rookies they have this year is just superior to what, what came out last year. So, Definitely think I definitely think so with Judge and Bellinger and you know everybody Benintendi and every, Sensels well, in yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, just all these guys, man. It's just it's, I guess Benintendi was a rookie last year, but um, all those guys. It's, but his actual RC card is this year. Is it? Yeah, his actual RC card is this year. So uh, David Dahl's in the set. Uh, there's just lots of names, lots of names of, of guys that are playing and relevant right now in the league, and it, it, it'll drive the product for a while. That's for sure. Awesome. That's it's. Man, it's a it's a great product. Tops did a good job on this, and uh, and the timing was, you know, obviously Tops came out with this killer product, and Panini had this this mishap, and you know, Tops rules the world, and you know, it was just a so that's what everybody had to say about it on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. So exactly, it was a uh, it was just very interesting. So exactly, but we'll see. Oh, all right, uh, a few more things to wrap up this uh, this this episode. First, I wanted, or yeah, the first of the last few things. Today is typically, and it, it, it always it always stands true, is the slowest day in sports. 
Um, it's the date, so there's no baseball, there's no football, there's no hockey, oh, there's right. no basketball. There's, there's the Wimbledon's going on right now, and if you watch tennis, congratulations. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the day, and we're not affiliated with them, but I do want to mention it. Uh, is the day of the the SB the ESPN SB's V Foundation oh, uh, right, right. auctions that they do. Okay. Um, there are some really cool prizes or. Uh, things up for bid that you can go win uh if you go to ebay ebay.com backslash espn uh they have some really cool prize packages there for you that you can like you know hang out play golf with you know mike and mike and all all this other kind of stuff okay cool it's really cool but this morning they had a really nice Derek jeter autograph cover of their his his espn magazine farewell oh okay nice. So that was really cool, and I mean, it, it it's already ended this morning. I don't know what the realized price was or not, but they have cool cool things like that. Full. So if you want to go check that out, uh, go check, go do so. Uh, it's a great foundation, the the Jimmy V Foundation, with one hundred percent of the profits or one hundred percent of the proceeds going to cancer research. Perfect. So it, no one else is seeing that money. It's going all to cancer research. Um, I know that some of you are probably young and, and don't remember who Jimmy, Jim Valvano is. And that's okay because I'm on the cusp of, of not really knowing who he is. But right. uh, you, know, you, you, do, you do remember Stu Scott. And uh, yeah. you know, that was just a couple of years ago. Um, basically, if you, if you – I don't know how this is impossible. But if you, if you don't know somebody who's been affected by cancer, a family member, or, you know, a friend, so, somebody you know has been affected – and this is a this is a foundation that sends 100% of the proceeds to go and help fight that battle. So go check them out if you can. And if you get to go play golf with Mike and Mike, let me know. I'd like to be a part of your force. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Let's do that. All right. Uh, next thing. Did you go see Spider-Man? Uh, of course not. You did not go see. You went to see. You saw Transformers, but you didn't go see Spider-Man? Dude, Transformers was my life when I was a kid. I guess man. so. I guess. Spider-Man, man, I, I don't get caught up in that web. Dude, horrible pun. <laughs> <laughs> Tangled up in that web. I mean, how did you want me to put that? I see what you did there. God, it was bad. I went and saw it, man. It was it was really good. I I loved the movie until the final fight season. Like the fight scene was just kind of meh. That's what you. I heard you saying that to somebody in the office. But the the movie itself was great. The storyline was great. And there's supposed to be five of these things. So wow, they really geared up well for it. Uh, Greatest after credit scene I've seen in one of these Marvel movies. Oh, cool. Really good. a lot of Hannibal Burris was great in it. Great comedian Donald Glover was great in it um, for their little bit parts that they had. But Michael Keaton was the one that, like, I guess I shouldn't. I wasn't surprised at how well he did, but he was killed amazing. it. Yeah, it was just okay. really, really good. So uh, if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, my, you know, my son was all over it, and now I guess we're just waiting for Thor to come out in November. Um, I don't know. I guess that's about it. I guess that's Anything from the Animal Kingdom this week? Nothing from the Animal Kingdom per se. No, not at all. No, this is our this is our, our final show for yeah, a little bit. That's, that's kind of sad, man. Yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to get to. Was this is our final show for about two weeks, really? Yeah, um, about two weeks because yeah, we, two weeks from today we'll be on our way. Yeah, we got to pack up our stuff and have it out by Monday. So there will be no show next week. Just to let you guys know, but. We will be live from the National starting on the 26th, and we should have 
no no less than four shows. We're gonna kill it. Four days in a row. We're gonna kill it. Yeah. I'm pumped, man. I'm yeah. pumped. I'm pumped too. We got T shirts to give away. We we Paul teased it at the end of last week. We have some fidget spinners for you guys. Bring your kids by. Let them get a Beckett Radio fidget spinner. We're happy to give you one. Heck yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. If I stop playing with them long if you enough. stop playing with them long enough. Uh, also, we have a new Facebook page up. Uh, just created this morning. Uh, go check it out. I put the I put the link on Twitter if you guys uh, want to go check it out. I'll read it to you as well since, since I'm talking about it. Uh, we're Paul and I are really looking forward to interacting with you guys on Facebook. It gives us more of a long-form format that we can do that. So we're looking forward to that. It's a uh, facebook.com backslash Beckett radio. So if you go there. Yeah. And follow. I love Facebook much more than that Twitter world. Yeah. Paul gets on the Paul gets on Facebook much more. Um, and we, you know what? we'll do a t-shirt giveaway. Let's do that. Uh, we reach a thousand likes, which you know, we just started this today. We'll give away a t-shirt. Um, which yeah. t-shirt we got two now. We'll give away the Beckett Radio one, the, okay. the white one with the B, with the B and the fat packs on okay. it. And, and speaking of T-shirts, I want to give a shout out to the guys over at that Sports Card Podcast. Um, I'm sorry, let me get it right. It's that Sports Card Show podcast. podcast. There you go. Yeah, I left the show out. Uh, came in on Monday morning, and we had a couple of new uh, new T-shirts for Paul and I waiting for us. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, in and return, the sizes right. That was pretty yeah, cool give, too. yeah, exactly. Not sending the smalls. <laughs> <laughs> in return, you guys will receive a uh, a Beckett Radio T-shirt for a uh, little T-shirt exchange. I love T-shirt exchanges. Nothing wrong with that. Love them, love them. So you guys Nothing got a you that. guys got a T-shirt that you know Paul and I could fit in. Let us know. We'll give you a T-shirt exchange. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's that. There All right. Go. So um, we mentioned it earlier in the interview. About my guy that I'm, I'm really looking forward to is Mike Tyson. So look out, you got the list in front of you. This will be our parting shot. Who are you looking at at the uh, autograph list for the for the TriStar Autograph Pavilion at the National? Who are you like? I want to get this one. Oh man, because I'm not much of an autograph hound, so that's a, that's a tough question for me. Um, I think I really want a Johnny Bench though. Because I have a cool Johnny Bench story okay. that I had a chance to get his autograph, but I was too cheap to do it. You so were too cheap to do it. I was too cheap to do it. He actually bought something from me at a show. Oh, my goodness Many gracious. Many ago, he was there signing. And if he hadn't have paid with a $100 bill, I was going to get him to sign whatever bill he paid with. But I couldn't I couldn't have him sign a $100 bill. bill. I was looking around for a baseball. I didn't have one at my booth, and I, I let it go. But he was buying Pokemon cards for his grandkids. So shout out to Johnny. Johnny Bench bought Pokemon cards from you for his grandkids. He did. That is an awesome story in and of itself. He did. Um, him and his agent, because I think his agent was 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 there with him, and they were uh, they came to my booth, and that's what they bought. So, wow, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's a really cool. That's a really cool story. Much like Conor McGregor's suit that he was wearing yesterday. Yeah, that, that we can't really talk. That about we can't on really the air. say that on the air. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, yeah, check that out. Google it. It's everywhere. That's, if you haven't seen that's, it. Classic Conor McGregor. It's classic something. That sounds like a uh, really sounds more like a To type move too. Yeah. Well, King Griffey Jr. did it. Remember when he got into the Hall of Fame? Oh, he, he had yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So this though is more, yeah, different. Risque. Yeah, different. More. Well, it's his style. Man. He's yeah, a fighter. He, yeah, he's, he's a, a fighter. fighter. He's exactly. not a lover. That's for sure. Um, he's a fighter. I don't know if you watched the press conference yesterday. It was a circus. I didn't watch it. But I just saw the highlights. I, yeah, I saw a few things on. on it was a Facebook circus. Um, that's going to be just a crap, crap shoot. They're really going on there. But, anyways, that's a that's another another topic for another another, another time. 
the bottom line is the nationals coming up if you guys are hearing us if you guys are coming come check us out come see us we've got all kinds of stuff to give away Beckett's doing doing the scavenger hunt again, right? So we Do got, scavenger hunt, got a nice. Yeah, we can't call them promo cards, but there's a promo promo three by two yeah. things that we're handing out, exactly. and uh, it's it's just gonna be a lot of fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the fact we got the wireless mics and going to check out the floor and yep. just meeting all you guys. But man, if you listen to the show and Please tell us. Please come see yeah. us. We want to talk to you. We want to. Um, we want to take pictures. Just hang out. We really do. We 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 need pictures of us. Yeah, you want to make. You want to be on the <laughs> Facebook page. Yeah. come on by, man. We'll take pictures. We'll throw you up there. Yeah, and um, we're just looking forward to having a good time, meeting everybody, and uh, you know, I, I love this industry. I love this hobby. I mean, it's what I love. It's my passion, and um, going to the national is like a big deal for me. So I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to embrace my uh, my fifth national. And, uh, your and, fifth? and take it by storm, man. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. That's so awesome. Guys, that's it for this week. Uh, we will catch you on the 26th from Chicago on the floor of the Rosemont Center. Come by, say hi, and until then, just keep listening. Cue the Drake.